You're listening to Make and Multiply, a podcast for the people of Emmaus Road Church, and this is Hear and Obey when we talk through the passage of Scripture that was preached on Sunday. We are in Exodus 19 today, verse 7 through the end, which is uh, 25. Uh, my name is Ryan Chase, one of the pastors at Emmaus Road, and I'm joined today by Mark Christensen. Matt, who is normally with us, is flying back from South Carolina, I believe. And uh, so, Mark, thanks for taking time to sit down and go through this text. This is, we started this text last week. The first part of 19 is when Moses goes up the mountain and God essentially makes this proposal to the people of Israel. This is the covenant that he is going to establish with them. And so here we have Israel's response and some further instructions from God. So I'm going to read beginning in verse seven. So Moses came and called the elders of the people and set them before set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. All the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses, behold, I am coming to you in a thick cloud that the people may hear when I speak with you and may also believe you forever. When Moses told the words of the people to the Lord, the Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and be ready for the third day. For on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of the people, and you shall set limits for the people all around, saying, Take care not to go up into the mountain or touch the edge of it. Whoever touches the mountain shall be put to death. No hand shall touch him, but he shall be stoned or shot. Whether beast or man, he shall not live. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain." So Moses went down from the mountain to the people and consecrated the people, and they washed their garments. And he said to the people, Be ready for the third day. Do not go near a woman. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God, and they took their stand at the foot of the mountain. Now Mount Sinai was wrapped in smoke because the Lord had descended on it in fire. The smoke of it went up like the smoke of a kiln, and the whole mountain trembled greatly. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke, and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain, and the Lord called Moses to the top of the mountain, and Moses went up. And the Lord said to Moses, Go down and warn the people, lest they break through to the Lord to look, and many of them perish. And let the priests who come near to the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. And Moses said to the Lord, The people cannot come up to Mount Sinai, for you yourself warned us, saying, Set limits around the mountain and consecrate it. And the Lord said to him, Go down and come up, bringing Aaron with you. But do not let the priests and the people break through to come up to the Lord, lest he break out against them. So Moses went down to the people and told them, God, thank you for your word. We pray that you would speak to us through it, that it would dwell in us richly and that we would be affected and and changed, that uh, our minds would be renewed by your word, that our hearts would be stirred by it, that our our lives would be different because you have encountered us here in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Powerful. I mean, theatrical just goes through my mind. Mm-hmm. The the it's one thing to read it, but when you when you are reading it and you're trying to picture in your mind, what would that be like to experience this? Or or if yeah. you're a movie director, um, when I teach on how to study the Bible, I, I like using that as a a prompt to think about if this were 
if you're a movie director, what would you need? How would you produce this? It helps us just enter the text and kind of envision more. What is the text describing? What's going on here? And I just, the thunder and the lightning and the trembling of the ground and the smoke going up from the mountain and Moses speaking and God responding to Moses in thunder, it says. I mean, just so dramatic. The people being terrified by it. Um, it I think there, I just know for myself, there can be such a gap between reading this and be like, mm. okay, that, that's nice versus what would that have been like to be there in that moment and behold all of that. So that, that just strikes me right now as we reread this. Yeah. I think the refrain you keep hearing through this passage too is how seriously God takes his own word. Yes. Um, you know, he says, do not come up, you know, don't let the people come up. Uh, you come up, then go down, grab Aaron, come back up. Um, and Moses says, you know, the people can't come up for you have told us. Yeah. Um, so just reading that and even the passage before this passage after this, um, you hear God taking his word seriously. Yeah. Um, and in the end we get, uh, we get to live by faith. Mm. Um, also taking God's word seriously. Yeah. But that's how we live, uh, life with God under his rule is we take seriously what he says. Mm. Um, and you see a prelude kind of of Moses doing that here before we get, you know, the big 10 commandment passage. Yep. No, that's a great point. I, that's always struck me in this story. Um, why does God repeat that to Moses since God just said it? And Moses reminds God, you, you, you already told me that we already set limits. It's important. And, And God repeats it again and says, go down anyway. And while you're down there, mention it again. Um, and, and I think on the one hand you could say, well, is that, um, you know, from a, a skeptical, unbelieving heart, did God forget that he said that? Is God insecure or something? Um, how gracious of God, if he knows the consequence for their contact in this state of sin, um, their contact with God would mean their destruction, then, then really it's God's grace to set mm-hmm. limits there. Right. Say, for your own good, for your sake, lest I break out against you, don't come up. And then to repeat that um, mm-hmm. is is gracious on God's part. And, it, you know, it, it doesn't, we've already seen examples in the story through their wilderness wandering. Like th- these are people who have a tendency to grumble, to complain, to disobey, right. to forget. We're going to see it again coming up in Exodus and then on throughout Israel's history. So it's not like God is overreacting or that God is unaware. You know, it's not like these are... Um, people so inclined to trust him and, and God is kind of nitpicky or, or insecure about something. Like mm-hmm. He knows their nature is to disregard his word, to not take it seriously. And so for God to repeat it, like you said, that God takes his own word seriously and it's no trouble to God to repeat something. That is, the whole Bible is mm-hmm. full of repetition. God saying one thing and then saying it again, another way here and another way there and on repeat for our sake because we need to hear it over and over exactly yeah and i think too just with how serious god holds his own word up it necessitates a mediator which was greg's last point um for the people who are sitting in the wilderness um without a mediator like moses here obviously prefiguring christ Mm -hmm. later uh in the new testament but without moses here they likely would have come up to the mountain right um so for Moses to be there, to be the stand-in mediator, um, yep. and we have the same thing. Obviously, we're not able to obey God's law fully. Mm. Um, Christ has, 
he's died, he's rose again, but now we're able to live by faith. Yes. And so we're enabled. The spirit dwells within us. Yes. Uh, Greg had brought that up in the sermon as well. And so with how serious God takes what he says Mm -hmm. and necessitates a mediator, thanks be to God that he's given one. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that God goes through all of these steps to bring it about, you know, the text I preached a week ago, um, the, the first time that Moses ascends the mountain, God says, you have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I carried you on eagle's wings and how I brought you to myself. Mm-hmm. So God has brought them here not to destroy them. That is not his purpose. His purpose is not to break out against them in his wrath against their sin. His point is to make provision for their sin, to provide a mediator and through the mediator, communicate the steps to consecrate themselves and then his covenant requirements and then how they can maintain that covenant relationship through faith and obedience and sacrifices. And so all of that, I think, has to inform God has not brought his people out here to destroy them. In fact, that's the thing they accused God of when they were wandering in the wilderness. Did you just bring us out here to kill us? Mm-hmm. Well, no, <laughs> if God wanted to do that, he could have. Um, he has brought them here for for relationship. I, Greg's introduction um, it was a fascinating thought. I, I'm not uh, big into X-Men. No. So I I was one of those in in that category. I'm thankful that he explained about Rogue. But that thought of, um, you know, if you had that where to touch somebody would be to kill them, how could you have a friendship, a relationship with anybody? Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that was going through my mind when he was talking about that is how many times I've opened up instructions for something and it's got this big warning like, you know, caution, misuse or, you know, whatever could result in serious injury or death (laughs) sometimes it's on products where you're like how could this kill you i don't know but um those labels those warnings they get your attention like oh my yeah i guess if i installed this wrong or if i'm not careful with it that that could kill me or kill one of my children it it causes you to take it seriously Mm. and so I, i think when we come to this point my my assumption is for many of us we we do probably lack inappropriate reverence for God Mm -hmm. um, and have an over overly familiar kind of idea. Like Greg mentioned yesterday, God God is not our little buddy, um, our pal there. This scene I think could be for some people reading it kind of a, um, wow, is this, is this really what God is like? Why, Mm -hmm. why was it so serious? Which says more about our lack of reverence for God. Um, lack of taking seriously his holiness and his his moral purity his righteousness his wrath against sin um lack of probably honest reflection about how sinful we really are we tend to think like yeah i'm not perfect but i should just be able to walk into god's presence right as though god does you know owed it to us and we we deserved that from god rather than understanding no something has to happen mm-hmm. to deal with our sins so that we can enter God's presence and live and not die. So I I just think this chapter reads like one of those caution. (laughs) Uh, This could kill you. You know, that heightens for us just how awesome God is. Not, not in, you know, awesome, like cool, but awesome in awe, inspiring, fearful, um, and and the kind of reverence we should have. And it's texts like this, just to go off what you said there, it's texts like this that really give us a fuller picture of who God is. Yeah. Yes, God is near. He's like a father mm-hmm. to his children. But yet he's also awesome um, and powerful and yeah. mighty. And yeah. so, you know, we're not able to take one text and say this is who God is. Right. Take this text Isolate and other, say yeah. 
this is who God is, but we put them together, we get a better picture. Yep. And in the end, God cares how we come to him. That's right. Um, obviously, it's in faith, mm-hmm. believing everything that he said. Um, but there's ways that we should prepare, take steps. Yeah. Like Greg said, consecrate ourselves yeah. um, before coming to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was helpful, his outline. Um, how, how do we come into relationship with God? There's consecration. Um by faith and and through a mediator. Um, toward the end of the sermon, Greg was talking about the idea that um, as spectacular and awesome as this seems, it might be tempting today to read that and think, well, why don't we have those kinds of experiences of you know, smoke and thunder and lightning and earthquakes and dramatic things like that? Wouldn't, wouldn't that prove mm-hmm. so much? And, and he was making the case that what we have in the spirit is, right. is a work of God in our hearts that, that is actually even better than that. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the point that the author of Hebrews makes at the end of Hebrews 12. You have not come to what can yeah. be touched, to mountains that are smoking and on fire, but you have come to Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem. You've come to the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. You've come to God and to his Christ. So th- there is something better about our experience that is, uh, I think it's, it's tempting to miss that as though seeing those dramatic physical things would, would be better for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Greg had asked the question, I think it was right after he made that point. Do you blow off the presence of God? Mm. Pretty much. Are you neglecting the spirit who dwells within you yeah. uh, to comfort you, encourage you, strengthen you? Um, and I had a couple of people yesterday who were uh, praying with me in that way, mm. uh, which was just helpful to hear, especially after the sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, remembering that, you know, God has not departed from me. Yeah. He's not left me alone. Um, but yet his presence is very real and it's made real uh, experientially through yes. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, which is a great comfort yep. to know that, uh, yeah, God even cares about the little life of Mark Christensen. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. No, I, I think um, I've made this point before in this sermon series that, uh, it, it can be tempting as you're reading Exodus to think, well, if I saw that, that mm. would really strengthen my faith. But one of the large warnings in the book of Exodus is the generation that did see all of this as eyewitnesses forgot, forgot and was not faithful. So the book of Hebrews, go read Hebrews chapter three and chapter four is all about that generation. They missed it. Why? Because they were not united by faith with those who heard. So uh, the author of Hebrews actually says about them that the gospel was preached to mm. them but it did not benefit them because they did not believe. And so seeing all of that without faith is of no benefit. Mm-hmm. You, then you're under the wrath of God. The new covenant is so much better um, because it comes with that promise of heart change, that God changes us from the inside out, that his spirit right. fills us and, and transforms us. And as Greg mentioned yesterday, the promise in John 7, spirit causes rivers of living water to flow from within us. I would rather have that, <laughs> the, the, the changing of my heart to actually be made alive to behold the glory of God in, in Christ than beholding a, a earthquake and a, you know, lightning show on top of a mountain. So that, that is a great reminder to me of the glory of what we have in the new covenant and the presence of God that, that we enjoy together. Cause it's made up of people who are collectively experiencing that inner work of God's spirit. So what a blessing. Yeah. And I can't, I can't remember that full JC Ryle quote. I was just trying to find mm. it quick, but the essence of it being the greatest work of the spirit uh, today mm. is presence, presence God's yeah. presence. Um, yeah. 
which is encouraging to mm-hmm. weak and unreliable and faithless people that we yeah, tend to be. That's right. This is good. Uh, I know my faith is strengthened through this word, seeing the holiness of God as well as his grace and his, his commitment to bringing his people to himself and praise God that he's done that for us through Christ Jesus and his own spirit that he's poured into our hearts. So thank you, Mark. That's right.